everybody welcome back to getting candid with mabel thank you patricia and thank you makobi for last week's episode it was so amazing when i i had formal <laughs> not being here yeah. to do the episode with you guys but that was really lovely and insightful and thank you for the um what's fries what are those called mnemonics acronyms what i think it's okay acronyms. those ones yeah. thank you so much for sharing with us you guys this week we're back. I guess this is just right, like in the how do it was synchronized. You know the yeah. fact that we're doing mental the mental health series now. So yes, we are onto a new series, mental health, and we are starting with the episode on grief and coping with loss. And oh, this one. Let, let me tell you, we are set. We have <laughs> we have tissues. <laughs> we have water because. This is a, a topic that's personal to almost everybody that's are going to be a part of this show today. It's personal to me and it's personal to our two, two other guests. guests who are going to introduce themselves. Maybe first you first tell them things. <laughs> that you're here. Yes. Oh yes. And I'm also here. I am the other co-host, Mabel Apili. Today I want to be a little bit silent, mostly listening and trying to understand where what my friends have been through and where they, they're coming from. Yeah, so they will have to introduce themselves. We shall start with yeah. either or Audrey. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi everyone. My name is Audrey Baomia. I am in second year doing biotechnology, supposed to be in third year, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm a rotor actor, which is a passion mm-hmm. of mine. And yeah, um, I think that's basically it. Okay, thank you so much, Audrey. Uh, please. <laughs> introduce yourself hi everyone my name is Ebise Emiru Angose I am a student of law my boss classmate at Makero University third year um, until the government decides to help us with the, the radios they promised <laughs> yes um, yeah I am yeah, passionate about human rights I am Yes, I am. That's it. I'm a debater. Yeah. Wow. I thought, that's I thought you should mention debate. I wasn't like, no, no, not mention debate. All right. Yes. Yeah. So I guess we'll start right away. Let me start asking Ivy and everyone else. If we asked for your definition of grief, what would it be? Uh, Audrey, do you want to start? Why doesn't Ivy go first? <laughs> All right, uh, Ivy. Okay, so I guess grief is basically where you are. I guess, how should I call it an emotional journey? Yes. Or a psychological journey where you're dealing with loss and loss that's kind of at a place of, a point of no return. I think is the only way I can put it. You know, it's inevitable. Sometimes, how should I place this? For example, it could be some death. You know, someone could die and you can't have them back. They can't come back to you. Or it could be you lost your arm. Or it could be in different forms. For some people, loss is the person is still alive, but maybe your parents have gone through a divorce and they're never getting back together. That is also a grief moment. It's a moment in which people go through an emotional journey because this is something you've lost and you cannot get back to. Some people, it's a breakup. And maybe that person doesn't want anything to do with you again. And you have to go through this entire journey of grief. So grief for me is really where you have experienced loss at a point of no return. Please, you guys, that background sound is courtesy of the ambulance. <laughs> that ambulance passes here Forgive every us. Time. It always chooses to pass right when we're recording. I have no idea. But yeah. Yes. 
So for me, that is what how I would define grief, where you experience loss, at where in a point of no return, something that cannot be re redone or re, you know, like you just can't go back to the same. You can't go one. back to that place. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything new that anyone wants to add to that? All right. Um, before we go, well, this session is going to be very conversational conversational like almost like a narrative it's going to be very different from the sessions we've been having so i'll just ask one more question and from there we open the floodgates yeah <laughs> so the last question will be are you ever ready for loss do we ever prepare for loss you know people are just there are these quotes all the, all the time we all know loss is inevitable yes we all know we will die yes we all know nothing lives forever yes but are we ever ready do we ever like have it in our minds and in our emotions that okay now I'm ready for this maybe you've been with a person who you have a person who has been in hospital for two years a person who literally has stage four cancer so are you ever ready for for that, that time final part, yes. yeah no I don't think you're ever ready for loss it's, mm. I think someone told me um, that grief is the price we pay for loving and yes. love and I think for me, from my experience, I think you're never ready. It just has a way it hits you that is different yeah. from any other feeling that personally I've ever experienced. Yeah. It's just different. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. You're never ready for the end. That's never. You're never ever ready for that. Mm. Even um, an ounce of hope, even just, you can't. You're, yeah. not, you're not ready for yeah. it ever. Even when you live through it, even if you walk with that person through it, you yeah. can never ever be ready for it. Yeah, I really think because in life it's it's the hope that keeps, keeps that keeps us living, going. You yeah. know, like even though you know, yes, they told you this person has a terminal illness and they're going to be dead in six months, and you spend those six months with them. Yeah. Those are six months of hope. You don't spend those six months saying, yes, you do think about it, and that they might they may die. But every tiny bit of improvement gives you this, oh my God, it can get better. Yeah. You know, maybe if they were in the hospital and they were so, so sick and they were in a coma, when they twitch their finger, you think it can get better. And then maybe they make a sound. You think it can get better. Like yeah. there is more hope. Yes, you can Knowing beat that. tomorrow yes, is another like, day. You still have tomorrow. You still have and tomorrow then, and you live and you live for tomorrow exactly. and the next day. And then, so you're not You're ready not ready. So when you're hoping for the next day. When finally the there's no other day, like there's, you can't hold on to that anymore. I think that is when it really hits you and that is why you can never really say, oh yeah, the person was sick for two years anyway, so what could we do? It can never feel like that because you always feel there's something you can do. Okay. Yeah. Alright. So the floor is open now. So please, Audrey, you can interject when a person is narrating. Yeah. You can ask. You can try to understand where they're coming from. So it's open. I want you guys, each or each of us, anyway, to yeah. share your experience. Um, how did you come to a place where grief is now an emotion? You also have to add to your list of things you feel, and what happened, and who was it? Kind of run us through that. Who they were before you lost them how it happened that you lost them and who they were after you lost them yeah okay we'll start with a bit um so on uh, oh, on april this um on 4th april this yeah. year i lost my dad 
I lost um sorry we already prepared <laughs> tissue okay. um okay. I lost I lost a man that I considered to be yeah. he was he was a friend he was he was a, my biggest source of inspiration he was he was I don't want to say everything but he was so much of everything to me yeah um he had been sick for a while um yeah and then um the world decides to have a pandemic and then yeah he passed on in hospital yes yeah that's it okay and Audrey because um I've been through loss I've had I've gone through this twice yeah the first time I was nine years old I was a little girl getting ready for a school trip my mom had been sick but you know the family families have a way of cushioning kids mm. so you don't really know the extent mm. so um, on this day this was the first time I was seeing my mom since my confirmation I think she she had I had I got confirmed like on Sunday maybe and she couldn't be there the whole party and then the next time I saw her was maybe the next week Friday if I remember properly and I went to see her and I could not recognize my mom but um, I went to see her and she, you know she, she wasn't talking but I knew you know somehow you know that everything is going to be fine everything is going to be okay little did I know that that was the last time I would talk to her be with her and yeah and I went to sleep and in the morning I was told actually the the hour in which I went to sleep is the hour in which she passed away and for the longest time I felt like if I had stayed awake a bit I don't know why it was just I guess my coping way I always thought that maybe if I stayed awake I would have you should probably still be here so that was the first time um, then that was 2007 mm. and then last year on June 5th I lost my dad I lost I don't know I lost a big part of my life I lost yeah. my very good friend I lost I lost so much on June 5th he had been actually he fell sick abruptly he was going through a depression yeah uh, he had diabetes and so on Friday I am stressed I don't know how to deal with it and I'm like you know what daddy um, when you feel better I will I thought he was just depressed and you know needed some space yeah. so I went and away for the weekend with a friend of mine and then that was Friday and then I come back on Sunday and he's down yeah. and then Monday his was take him to the hospital and Tuesday morning we receive a phone call and he's gone so yeah those are those are the two times I have felt the greatest loss in my life so sorry for both of you guys I remember when Audrey lost her her dad I was I don't know my heart was pounding so much in that moment and I don't know why in a way it made me relieved my same my dad also dying because i feel like the circumstances were kind of the same i lost my mom in 2012 29th of december 
very randomly. She had stomach. We made a plan to go. Um, one of our family friends had opened up a pizzeria, and we're like, "Oh, let's go and have pizza." We had been watching the sisters keeper the whole day, and it had been that kind of funny mood, and I'd been crying so much. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't imagine having to lose like anyone here." Yeah. And we used to like watching movies with my mom a lot, so we're like, "Let's just go and have pizza after." But she couldn't go for the pizza because she had ulcers. So we decided to go to the hospital first. They're like, ah, let's go to the hospital. You get treatment. We'll go later. But then they end up giving her, what they admit her in the hospital. So we stay in hospital with her where everything is fine. In the morning, we wake up. She's telling stories. I leave her talking very well. She's like, hey, go home, Bambi. Go and get me new clothes. I don't like these clothes. I want new clothes to leave the hospital. Then we go and find something, grab something to eat. I get home. And I remember I go to her room and I'm standing in her room trying to figure out what to pick for her to wear and I'm looking at this picture um, a picture of her that I actually still have in my room right now because it's a picture and she's in Agomese I think maybe you've seen it yes, in my room seen it. I look at that picture a lot because it's a picture that was in her room when I was looking at it and it looked like she was right there with me and it was so weird I was like why do I feel like my mom is in the room like why do I feel like she's in here and then after a while I just began to feel like have you had that feeling where you say one has swat her sweater like the whole day then you take it off you feel like there's a part of you you've lost mm. it began to feel like that I was wondering why the hell am I feeling such weird things yeah. I pick her clothes and I hear screaming down and then they come screaming that mommy has died and I'm like wow okay fake you know so fast forward um, 2012 to 2019 how many years right there they will help us in the months. Really, 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 we have memorial and it ends my dad goes on a trip he traveled he used to travel a lot so he goes on a trip i've not spoken to him in like two weeks i'm like ah yeah. this is rare my dad doesn't spend like two weeks without calling me i call him are you good he's like yeah i'm fine are you good yeah i'm fine when are you coming back daddy you're taking a long time no i'll be back soon don't worry i'll be back soon the trip was extended the trip was extended um it turns out anyway so the month goes by i'm like daddy we're in march you're not home like yeah you're not even calling me. There's a time his phone was off for three weeks. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, no, the trip will I know we're up country now and it's so deep and I'm doing what? So I can't, the, the network is bad, but I'm fine. I'll be coming home soon. I start to worry because I'm like, well, my, something is not okay. My father yeah. is lying. Like he cannot, this can't be okay. So an uncle accidentally calls me. I think he thought I knew that my dad is sick. So I was like, I've been looking for where your father, which hospital your dad is in and he's not telling any of us. Then I'm like, what do you mean? Like, your dad is sick. And I don't know which hospital. I was also just told that he's sick, but he didn't want to tell people like which hospital he's in. But I had that is in case. It's like, okay. I tried to call my father's number. It's off. I remember I spent a whole week moving. I wrote a list of hospitals. I went from Case to um, Mayo Clinic. I went to IHK. I went, I knocked hospital by hospital off looking for which hospital my dad was in. And then he calls me. Yeah, yeah, then he calls me. No, I go to Kess and I tell him, ah, he just left here recently. I'm like, where did my dad go? So I call him and no, he calls me because I failed to reach him and he's not telling me anything. So 
I call, he calls me and his voice is sounding so far so dragged out I don't know if you've had a person who is so drunk that they can't pronounce something like that and I'm hearing it all no when are you when can you come to see me but it's so drugged like daddy why are you sounding like this you told me you were coming but you were fine and he's dragging he's like no I think you should come and see me how when can you come to see me I was like I can't come even right now I was like no don't come right now but when else can you come I was like I can come tomorrow he's like okay come so I asked him where are you he told me he was moved to Bengal he's in Bengal hospital so I go to Bengal hospital and I remember I find out the word blah 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 I go to where he is and the door was slightly open like I found the door slightly open like this so before getting in I peep and my dad looked so sick and so different from the man I knew so I was like how does someone come from being so healthy to my dad was light much lighter than I am but he was so dark and so small and he was on the bed and he was actually he was on a chair with his head resting against the bed so I knock because I know for a fact he would never want his kids to see him in that state so I knock and he's like no 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 give me a second I'm getting I'm, I'm getting ready so I'm like oh okay let me wait outside and he goes into the bed he covers himself real quick and we get in there and I'm talking and we're having a conversation and everything my dad was very normally he would know things but now he's telling me so when are your S6 results coming up I'm like daddy they came out we talked about this yeah. what did you get uh, you don't remember you what don't I remember got what I, yeah. so I'm like I remind him what I got I got this and this oh you got that in math wow so what course are you going to do these are things we had a discussion on so yeah. I'm thinking to myself what the hell is going on like why are you like this so they tell me how he began getting sick and he had been doing very many tests in different hospitals but they couldn't find what it is what was wrong with him yeah. but he kept losing blood so he didn't have enough blood so I get in and I see the oxygen tank and for me once I see somebody with an oxygen tank that is it because when they put my mother on oxygen she didn't get off <laughs> so every yeah, time I see so oxygen now, I'm just like experience. yeah nah something is not okay so when we're leaving he's like but i'll be okay don't worry but his eyes he looked scared like he didn't look like he believed his he own believed that he would be fine. so it was much harder for even me to believe them so i'm like yeah daddy you'll be fine of course they're going to find it blah 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 and he was an all negative all negative is the rarest blood to find so i could not also give him blood because i'm all positive so he needed to be in mango because mango is usually where most of that all negative blood is so he had to be there so anyway he starts to get better and i remember i prayed so much in that time i'm so sorry yeah. for over talking i prayed so it's much okay. in that time okay, and then um after you really did pray. i prayed i think you really i don't think pray. my faith has ever shot that, that high, high. I yeah. believed. I remember I would set from 6 a.m. till I go to bed. At the top of every hour, I either recited the Divine Mercy Rosary or the Normal Rosary. I had to recite a rosary for my dad. And then he starts to get better. I talked to him on Saturday. Good Friday, I went for three different ways of the cross because of my dad. I was like, I'm just, as in, I didn't care whatever it took. I told God, I don't care if the sun burns me if you'll give my father life. So that was good friday saturday we talk he's telling me how he's much better his voice sounds stronger sunday we talk i'm like can i come on easter he's like no 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 but you come the next day so monday i don't manage to go to the hospital i can't i remember i had stuff to do and i was supposed to go later they refused to let me in because i had passed the time so i'm like you know what then he's like but don't mind you can come back tomorrow 
so 4 a.m of that day of that night actually i guess so my morning 4 a.m i get a call and they're telling me ivy you need to be strong right now and they tell me he has passed so i, guess I remember then, you came to my house on monday yes like, that your the day the before, before yes and you were so excited and your eyes were so because you've been coming and there was no energy no you were, were yeah. still you were still in that phase where Oh well, he's improving. So now Monday was when you had hope. Yeah, I think so that was when your, your dad had to him and he so had much so energy. Much, yeah. And Ivy came so excited. Hey, you I guys! So she danced, she sang, the and then yeah. So my parents were really, really an important thing. My mom was the person I looked up to so much. Like she, she formed who a lot of the things I am now and the way I think were formed by her. My dad was my friend. Like losing my dad, I felt like I'd lost a fr- a deep a friend. I don't even know how to describe that loss, yeah. but I didn't just lose a father. I lost someone I could hit up at any time with any problem, and he would and somehow I would hit, I'd go. I used to go to school and call my father just to talk about Hillary Clinton, and we have an argument, and we roast each other sometimes, and then get off for So yeah. I really lost a friend with my dad, with my mom. I lost. A shield, a mentor, a mentor. Yeah. parents. I lost a friend as well, but I lost a counselor, a confidant. So that was it. Uh, I basically maybe I'd have to ask because Ivy has really shared, so people are able to understand exactly the kind of should I say relationship? Yeah. We can still pick it. For so I'll ask maybe what were the most memorable moments, moments. you had with your or yeah. with your dad? Or if we were to ask, okay, we want to understand just how close are you or should we start with Audrey I don't know, I know. okay whoever like whenever you're ready we, we can then know what like what are the most if we said when you think about your dad these are the moments I'll think about this is how it is and yeah. how it works for us okay so me and my dad were very close yeah. like, even everyone who knows I'm so sorry guys it's okay. it's okay but we were very close like even like the large part of our family that knew that Ebise and Daddy, Daddy are very close. Yeah. Like, he inspired very, very everything you see. Me being political, me being um, p- passionate about human Absolutely. rights is just derived from him. Yeah. Um, me and my dad, like he was so involved in every aspect of our lives. I remember the last conversation that we had was actually about politics. Yeah. yeah. So my dad, my, my dad was a politician so i remember him telling me we were, co- we were i was from school and he was like ebise i am very proud of you because you've taken interest in the things i'm passionate about oh, yeah. you've taken interest in ethiopian politics and i know that i'm and i'm proud every time i see you because i know that mm. you're going to do something for the country yeah. or for wherever you wherever choose you to go be. i know you yeah. have an impact he wanted to know the tiniest details about my life, like not in this possessive way, yeah. but he, he just wanted to be involved. I remember you. when internship came, he asked me, oh my God, you've not brought your internship letter so that we can look at it together. Um, he wanted to know about whenever I'd go for tournaments, he would come yeah. back and he would ask me, oh, so what did you win? He would welcome me like that. He would say, ah, I know. I know you I knew you'd win because for you when you're talking, you're talking from a perspective where you have experienced some of the things you're talking yeah. about. 
we would talk about politics together. We would have debates. I, I like saying that my dad was my first debate opponent. Yeah. We would have debates up to 3 a.m. in the night mm-hmm. when we are just discussing and I'd be like, Daddy, I need to read because you're going to ask yeah. me for my results. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he was just so involved in everything. He loved us so much. He was there for every step of the way. Like, yeah. I would come back from school. I was... Uh, and, I was commuting, I'd come back from school and he'd ask me, how was school today? What did you learn? Like, he was that type of person that I'd share that little, tiny bit of with. He would tell me, he would, he would, you know how you tell someone things in passing and then they remember them? Yeah. So he'd be like, oh, by the way, um, you told me about this mood that you want to do. How is it going? He was just so involved in my life. He was a friend. Like, he was yeah. so close to me that uh, when he passed on, it was just up to now I'm still going I'd like to say that yeah. I am it's still a journey for me yeah. so yes that's that's how close my dad and you and your dad were yeah thank you for sharing thank you yeah Audrey um, well uh, for most oh, I don't know both my parents yeah but, um, my mom my mom was the sweetest hardworking person I ever knew. Yeah. Um, she was my let me tell, let me give you a picture of who my mother was. My mom was tough. The truth is my mom was tough. Mm. She was those people of um have you done your homework? Why haven't you done your homework? Yeah. Lie down. How old now she used to cane us and lie to edges. How old are you? Oh I'm eight. So can lie down those are eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll be eight and she'll be like this extra one is because I love you and she was the kind of person who would punish you in the morning and then in the evening yeah. she would come and crawl into your bed yeah. and explain to you why she caned you mm-hmm. and she would give you chocolate or she would give you a sweet that yeah. was the kind of mom so I had everyone yeah. loved her she was there she was that person Like I sometimes feel guilty that I can't remember what she sounded like or what she smelled like but I remember how she made me feel yeah. and that I feel like that's what is the most important the way you felt around the person yeah. Yeah. and recently I had a dream where they both came back to me I hadn't thought of my like I, had, I feel like I hadn't seen my mom in so so so, so long. long and here she was and like I felt like she was telling me she's going to be there for me for you know I'm always forever there, yeah. So yeah, so that was my mom was tough. She was outgoing. My mom used to go to work in shorts on Saturdays because you know you have to be free. You have to live, live she, life. Every fancy experience that I ever Your, had yeah. was my mom. We had to travel. We had to go on trips. We had to go to the lake. We had to yeah. do painting. We had to. Yeah. So that was my mom. She was a life. She was yeah. She yeah. was that person. She would work hard. She worked in her eh? Should work very hard and come home and be our mom. Never brought work What's that home. saying? Work as hard as you play. Something. Yeah. Work hard, play hard. Yeah, work yeah. hard. That, that was my mom. Yeah. She was really sweet, really loving. Yeah. And yeah, um, your so, dad. Yeah, uh, then my dad. Um, most of my friends know my dad. Yeah. Like even before I start to tell you how he made me feel, I appreciate so much how he made other people feel he always had a hug for my friends he wanted to know who my friends were wanted me at every birthday party wanted me to 
you know, he was the kind of person who would come to school because I thought he's a friend. There's a time in S1, my best friend at the time and I were having issues and I called him as I usually do. Yeah. I mean, as I used to do. Yeah. I told him, I was like, oh, daddy, this one. He would ask me, yeah, the list, how is this yeah. one, how is John, how is who, how yeah. is who, how is who, how is who. And he's like, okay, why are you talking to this one? He came to school just to, make to, sure, make just to, to see. fix it. That was, and you know the thing that people keep talking about how I always carry a soda or how I always yes. carry something when I go. My dad used to say, "Man, I want to How do you go to someone's house like that, yeah. empty, like you're going to beg? Can you please <laughs> carry something? Can you carry just carry something? something? There must yeah. be something." But that is where I got it from. Like yeah. since I was a kid, he, there was always something to take. Um, he was. He used to push me to be the best person I could be, even when I was down. My dad would find me in the kitchen. Like, I, I'm very emotional, I deal with so much, and I try not to, like, I don't like to share. And he'll find me in the kitchen, and I'll be cutting onions, and I'll be crying, and I'm like, it's the onions, and he's like, turn around, and he gives me a hug, and he's like, when you feel better, you let me know. I have to regret and he'll walk away. Yeah. My friends, he had to talk to my friends when they came home. He, that was my dad. He was there for me whenever I achieved something. He pushed me to be interact president. He pushed me to, you know, to do the do course something. I want to do. Whenever I gave up, he was there for me. He loved us. Oh my goodness! Every post on Facebook, every yeah. experience, had he to would mention us. You yeah. know those things. And yeah, um. <clears throat> So that was him. That was that was him. That was the amazing person. That was my father, and yeah, he loved people. He loved the world. He gave his life literally for the world. Yeah. He loved God. Yeah. yeah, he loved God. He was building a church. <clears throat> a church by the time he passed away, and he loved us so much. He loved yeah. us so so much. So much. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys, this is a very um emotional like yeah. you said at the start. This was it's really, really going to be, be something that's going to be exactly emotional because it was it's supposed to be. Yeah. We just it's not easy. somehow <laughs> this is how this episode is going to be. So guys, what was your grief or what is? Because we know grief really is a process and it it's, it doesn't it never stop. Ends. You know, there's, it's something that's continuous in our life. So what what's the process like for you? If they say, what's the process like? Because you just lost your dad a few months ago. So this is still very, it's very fresh. fresh. So real. Yeah. Run us through how, what what is your process? How are you going through? How are you how getting out of bed every how morning? Are you, how do you pick yourself yeah. up? Um, yeah. I'm trying to not cry. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, like, like, like I said that grief is like I think for me from the beginning, like when he fell sick, yeah, and at that time, you know, coronavirus, I'm not sure. come, okay, yeah, there, but then it hadn't become a thing. Yeah, so he was in hospital. He was in the intensive care unit for about two weeks, three weeks. And I had to go to school. I had responsibilities. I had, you know, I had to keep delivering. Yeah. And for me, it was hard. But then, like you say, there's that hope that you have. Like, yeah. Yeah. I do. I think 
I had insane faith. Like yeah. I remember even encouraging some of my friends who are going through some things and I was like, "No, no, no." Like I put it aside okay. because I just knew that, you know, because I have this relationship with yeah. God, yes, yes. That, that is just insane. I was yeah. just like I was just constantly um hoping for that moment not to for him to get better. Yeah. Remind me the question again. <laughs> what is the grief process like for you oh, now yes. after losing your dad? Um like it's very hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. I'll say that it's hard. That's a fact. Um I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question because mm-hmm. um I just it it was really hard especially because it was during the whole lockdown when the mm. lockdown had just been instituted. Maybe just to give you context is I remember I was able to see my dad two weeks before. The last time I saw him was two weeks before he died. Mm. So for me that was really really hard because <laughs> I wanted to be there with him. I remember yeah. the day that the day he passed, for some reason that day I didn't sleep. At night, I just woke up. I I, I was online the entire night, and I think yeah. well, that was one of my coping mechanisms. I was listening to music, listening to podcasts, listening yeah. to YouTube channels because that was around the time when we are home. There's nothing yeah. to do. Yeah. And so for me, that's when it began. And then the weird thing is, I found out from Facebook. I decided to go check out my dad's Facebook page. page. For some weird reason, I hardly ever check my Facebook. Yeah. And then I see one of my cousins has posted in Afanoromo, which is my language, something about my dad with a picture of my dad. And I'm like, hmm, what's up? Yeah. So when I check the comments, everyone is RIP, RIP. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, this can't happen. Mm, First yeah. of all, my mom would have called me or the nurse that was attending to him would have called yeah. us. And then I wake my sister up. I wake. I go and wake my sister up. I'm like, please, Aggie, wake up. There's something I've seen, and I don't believe it. My heart was pounding. Mm-hmm. And then we call the nurse, and the nurse is like, I'm sorry. I think those words, like, yes. it hit so different. Like I just started wailing. I started sobbing. I started crying. I said, I said, saying, this is. It can't be true. My dad was getting better. He was talking. I saw him two weeks ago. In fact, some weeks back, I had prepared because they told me he's coming back. I had prepared the house. I cooked. I was like, oh my god, dad is coming back home. So for me, the grieving process was really hard, especially because we had to wait a month to bury him yeah. because we thought the borders would open and then take him home but nothing. nothing so that whole that was the longest month of my life because mm. we had to keep waiting and postponing listening to the president oh my god what, what did the president what, say what it was mm. very hard it was very very hard so yeah i don't know if i've answered the question but it so was for you hard. basically currently it's still just a very hard process what do you feel a lot of that time in most um, of your days I like for the first part like the, for the first um, first parts of mm. the month for the next like after 4th April I for the most part of the time I just wanted to be alone because I think it's mm. because of the lockdown like we people were not even able to come and mm. see us mm. um we were not able to move it i just wanted to be alone yeah. for the fu- uh, for the first part of the month but then later on um i realized that you just can't keep drowning like you yeah. just can't keep sinking deeper and deeper because you have to pick yourself up at a certain point mm. so 
yeah for the times that it's had it's like i remember there's a time when when on april march
selfish thing anyone had ever said to me. So as I was driving back to Homestead, I tried not to overthink about it because that's dangerous as driving. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to Homestead and he stayed in the car. I was like, what did he say to me? What did he say to me? How yeah. could he say How that? How did he say that? But from that day, mm. I sort of, for some reason, subconsciously, yeah. I started to make my peace for the fact that he, he could, could die. He could die. Mm. So when he could, when I came back from that, because you know they come back earlier, yeah, so yeah. we'll see how it comes and all that. So I come home, and he's not leaving his room, he's depressed, he's yeah. all these things. And for me, I was annoyed. Mm. Now for me, my grief at that point was anger. Was anger. anger. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like he had given up, like he wasn't fighting. Like he wasn't like fighting. Yeah. yeah, like I didn't know about depression then, like I do now. So for me, I felt like, why isn't he fighting? Why? Like mm. I was, it's like I was fighting and eventually. Yeah. yeah. So I got tired. Mm. I was like, no, I think I, think I, I need to breathe. Like I was suffocating. I was yeah. crying. I was. And he wasn't even, you know, in your head, he's not, he's not for you, dead, you like but not caring, but in my mind, I knew he was, I don't know, dying, why. yeah, mm. I don't know why, so I go, but I left him fine, I just left him different, yeah, so I go, a Friday, Saturday, I was supposed to come back, I call him, like, it's raining, so I'm like, oh, I can't come back today, I'm gonna come back tomorrow, yeah, so I go back the next day, and he's sick, like, mm. he went, from zero to one hundred in just one and a half days. Yeah. yeah. Sick and you guys do not know you don't know what it's like to take care of someone who's sick. It's it's one thing to be in a hospital. Yeah. Because you know you know everyone is making sure he, you don't know what to do. And yeah. he was a very tough minded person. So he's like, No, I'm going to be fine, I'm going to be fine. But he was yeah. sick, he wasn't eating, he was and then See his sugar is out of the roof. He's yeah. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what is it. Is. Yeah, it's it's not reading. Like yeah. it has no. It's just saying hi. He's yeah. shaking. He cannot talk. The last thing my father said was because Liverpool had won the previous. That was the last sentence I ever had him make yeah. a full sentence. So his friend comes over and he says. Yeah, and that was it. And then we we couldn't get an ambulance then, so we had to carry him to the car and take him to Zambia. And that whole time, I was like, God, you're not letting me go through this again. Now for yeah. me, that I had started to so we get there and he stops breathing. They put him on a bed. They had to resuscitate him. Yeah, and then he comes back. And then they're taking him to the ambulance, and I look at him, and he looks at me, he looks straight at me, and he gave me his face open, but, but I didn't, I didn't want to think, for me, I knew in my heart of hearts that it could be the last time I saw him, yeah. but I didn't want it, so now there, I, I just started, like, I was all over the place, but then I went home. I said, there's no way God is going to let me go through this a second time. Mm. It's impossible. He knows we can't do this. You are beginning. Yeah. So I, there was no way. There was no way. So I get home. 
I hadn't been home for a while. I had just come back from school. Yeah. Clothes had not been washed in the house. So I wash, I clean, I cl- you know, I was to ready. Yeah, I was like, oh, this thing, like, I cleaned everywhere. I I had been a long weekend because I was doing that, basically. Yeah. But now I was like, no, it's going to be better. It always makes it through. He promised mm. that he would be here. That he be So in the morning, <laughs> my uncle comes. But you didn't need a second. No, I just want to get it done. Okay. My uncle comes and just the look on his face. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I like knew it, but I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear how God had forsaken me. I just wanted to hear it. Yeah. So he tells me. I, so I call my aunt. I told him he was lying. So I call my aunt, and my aunt didn't know how to tell me, so she starts lying as well. Yeah. I mean, she starts lying. She's like, oh, no, 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 it's, uh, don't worry about it. You come, you come. So I, I actually abused my aunt to apologize, because yeah. I abused her. I told her, I could, okay, I can't repeat what I said to her, yeah. but I told her to tell me the truth. And I sat down, and the only thing I could say was, why would God do this to us? Yeah. Why would God do this to me? What am I going to do? Yeah. I was not alone. <laughs> My brother had just gone for prom. It was like it's such a hard yeah. like, So from that moment on, I had to. Every, I actually didn't have enough time to cry yeah. because everyone's like, "No, you have to keep yourself together. You have mm. to pull everything together. You have to clean. You have to sleep. You have. I mean, you have to organize. You have to." I had to do a video. Like I found out my dad was sick. Now they told me I mean was dead. So you have to start everything so I just you couldn't closed. deal with the emotion I couldn't I just closed mm. and I became as blank as I feel right now so you're still so, in that place yeah no no like right now it's just gone okay I don't have it like, that's what happened so I had to be strong because everyone told me to be strong and we had to organize and bury yeah. and yeah. and from that point at the mass I was just I just wanted to be there for my brother and you know I, I gave a eulogy I felt he would be proud of yeah. and went to the village and they buried it hit me when they put you know that final glory yes. is when yes. you actually realize mm. like mm-hmm. you guys never in my life and I thought that would be big enough for my dad. Like, I always thought, now nah, my dad is too big to... Like, to, they, they that was enough to big to them. Yeah. Because why are they going to get a cook? You guys, I was in shock yeah. to see that he could actually fit him. And he was smiling. And this, I know he was smiling mm. when he left. Because that night, I called and they told me, no, 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 he fought to get off the vent. That is a sign of life. Yeah. That is a sign of life with you fighting to breathe on your own. Yeah. They took it off and they, I called and I went to bed in peace knowing I'm going to see him tomorrow yeah. when I go to take his clothes. Yeah. And they told me he, he just stopped. He just went to town and he smiled. And I have this theory that my mom came to pick him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so for the longest time I was I, I just be angry. I was angry. angry. I was yeah. angry. And I now was, how now 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 it's I, I comfort my that tell us the pain. Yeah. So for me, I only allow myself to grieve for a short time. Yeah. And every time something that belongs to either of my parents, if it gets spoiled or I grieve again. So for me, it's mm. it's never really stopped. Yeah. So if I, I 
pledge he likes gets broken, I'm going to cry. Yeah. If, if uh, a rose, my mom planted roses. If I say it for every time the rose mm. falls, a rose falls, I cry. Yeah, that's what's going on. I know. For yeah. Yeah and yeah and every time I think of him I just look at my brother and I'm like no I have to be strong for him I yeah. have to work hard for him and yeah so I grieve every day mm. every day but I have to be strong because life dictates it. yeah yeah um, yeah are you still you dealing with the anger is anger Me, still a part of um, Sometimes I blame myself. Mm. What if? Why didn't I push him to the hospital? Why did I not listen to him? Why yeah. didn't I? Why did I sleep? Yeah. But it's it's on and off. It's, on and off. it's it never really goes away. Yes. Do you want to share something? Yes, I just I think I relate to the anger bit, yeah. especially because I felt I remember I was sharing with people and I would, I would say that I am very angry yeah. with the Chinese government and whoever. <laughs> Because for being some being there with someone that you love in those final moments, I think so it's very important. Yeah. Because I remember whenever my dad would have an attack or he would feel his pressure going up, he would always call us and be like, I can come, Rodolfo, come. And for me, because I wasn't there in those two weeks, even before that, I wasn't able to visit yeah. him as often as possible because coronavirus it's yeah. a hospital then it's far you can't so i was so angry i remember saying i would even up to now i think i would work okay. pro bono in a class lawsuit against the chinese government or whoever was supposed to contain this virus right. before because it just had tiny little effects in the that, little things yeah, that would have, would have made the so situation much. better, better. Yeah. so i was yes because I didn't, um, Audrey mentioned ang- anger towards God as well. Were you also angry at God? Would you say that that's also something you went through? I, I, I don't think it was anger. I think it was trying to find out why. Because for me, I remember me and my dad, we always talked about we, we, we always talked about how we would shift back to Ethiopia yeah. after school is done. And for me, one of the things that we look forward to us as a pair was my graduation yeah. and my brother's graduation because we were set to graduate at the same time he, he would always be like I can't wait for you guys to graduate I can't wait for the speech I'm going to give for me those moments I'd be like I want my dad to see me win my first case I want my dad to see me you know all these milestones I wanted him to be there so in my head and I had always asked God whenever my dad got sick I would always say please God please please and so I was asking God why but then like I didn't I was coming from a place of I don't want to ask but then I was it just I just wanted to find out why? Yeah. And for me, one of the things that I found really hard to do after my dad's death was pray. Yeah. To kneel down and pray. Like, yeah. it was so easy for me back before, before. before to kneel down and pray. But it was coming from a very deep place. That it was so hard that it's just of recent that I started writing down my prayers. It's actually still hard for me to pray. My friends just call me and I just want to shout out to my friends because they are the ultimate. Do you remember even Mabel calling me at some point and cracking jokes and I was like, yes. But for me, it was so hard to pray that people just had to call me and say, let's just pray with you. Because I felt I was so weak to even utter words of how I felt. Yeah. 
Thank you, Abise and Audrey, for sharing that. Guys, please understand that this is not just a session where we are sharing with you guys. It's also helping everyone that's a part of this conversation to yes. be able to improve that. It's helping us in our healing process to be able to talk about your feelings. Sometimes there's things you may not have realized you're dealing with, with? that yeah. until you say it now, you realize you're dealing with. So understand that as we're sharing, we're sharing to share with you. But and also, also to people. help others heal. So yeah. if you see hear someone break down or maybe dwell on something, it's because this is very personal and it's a journey they need yeah, to take and this is something stay. they need to know. So it's kind of like a healing kind of it's a healing session, as well. Yeah. A healing session, yeah. But also for people who have maybe not experienced it to get a good to picture understand of that where this we will never understand it the truth is i don't think you can ever understand, understand it but, but you can get something you can get some empathy yeah yes. so, like at least you can make yeah. sure that certain terms maybe we use daily or certain things we may say mm. or certain ways we may think can be changed and can be yeah. more i don't know considered consider yes. for other people Um, in general, um, I'm, I'm glad these guys gave their opinions first so that yeah. I can bring in what the, sorry, not opinions, why, experiences. Why this was asked. Yeah. yeah. So we want to talk about the stages of grief and I hope through, um, I will be hinting on some of the things I've shared so that you can understand really what we mean when we say some of these things. So in general, most of course, you cannot quantify categorize grief and say it's stage one to stage you can have as many stages and they can look like so many different things however in most cases psychologists um, kind of group it into five stages and these stages are denial then anger then bargaining then depression then acceptance so you don't have to go through them in that order neither do you even have to go through all of them usually people i guess go through three or four and I don't even know what acceptance personally looks like. I don't. Yeah. None of us, I guess, right now know no, what acceptance yeah. is like. I also don't think you can be at any one stage all the time. I think you, you know, it's fluctuate. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can be as acceptance, or you think you are, then you come back down at anger. Then it's denial. Then depression. It's a lot of things. So when we talk denial, it's kind of like this place where Audrey and Ibisa were talking about how I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. No, this is not happening. That is when you're at denial. Personally, when she cleaned the house, when, when she cleaned the house, when you're trying to, right. you know, follow YouTube, watch YouTube, do this, busy yourself. That is the denial stage because you don't want to accept what it is that either is going to happen or has happened. So please keep in mind also that um, grief, as you guys have heard from these two guys, starts even before you've lost someone. It's not that after you lose, that's when the grieving process starts. You can grieve a living person. Like this guy, you be, you know, if you see something that's inevitable, yeah. that you can't change, that is where usually your grief starts from. So denial can start at that point. Denial can look like, let me watch a YouTube video instead of doing other things because you don't want to think of the fact that your dad could be in a certain situation. Or it can look like cleaning the house. Or it can look like, I can't believe this is happening. For me, I think I was not. Or it could look like after they died. It could look like going out a lot yes. to the yeah. bar. That True. was also part of like the yeah. denial process for you, yeah. I remember. Because yeah. yes, I was. remember when my dad was. when my dad died, I I, I dated first of all. Yes. Like, I think that denial process, like literally he died a thing like this. 
two days later someone asked me out and I was like okay I was trying I was looking for everything to, to feel put me know, away from yeah. Yeah. Thinking, distract me yeah. I was going out to you guys I said to work but I'm looking for every excuse to leave my house and be out <laughs> and be drinking but also for my mom at the moment when she just died I was numb so numb like I could go about my day talk which like I'm not feeling yeah. anything, but that is all your mind has not processed yet or doesn't want to process, so that's what denial looks like. And then anger can look like the why means, you know, you've had um you've had Ebisa and Audrey sharing with you when they were angry, Ebisa was angry at the government, Audrey was angry as well, and questioning yourself, why me? So anger there can be a lot of anger. Anger can also look like can be directed at the person you've lost. You know, and Audrey was angry at her dad when he was still depressed, wondering why he's not fighting. So she had already started her process, and now this was also a part of it. I think I was also really angry. I was so angry at my parents, and sometimes I get angry at my parents. Honestly, sometimes I get angry at my dad for not telling me he was sick and giving me only one and a half weeks before he dies. Sometimes I'm ang- I was angry at God a lot. I was so angry at God I could not pray for over a year. Yeah. It was more than a year. Like I would go to, and I was angry that I had to go to church, but I couldn't tell my grandmother this because she is staunch. She's such a staunch Catholic, and for her, she finds her source of strength in prayer. So, at that moment, I could not explain to her that I prayed and prayed, and it didn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for me, I think sometimes I'm still dealing with that faith thing because. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want, you know, you read something that says, when you ask, God gives you, and for a second, yeah. you're like, mm, okay, but, <laughs> you know, in my mind, yeah, in my mind, I'm a little like, like okay, okay, tell that to me, like, 2016, when I was praying, <laughs> asking him, so, yeah, so sometimes you're angry at the person, you can be angry at a lot of things, I remember when my father just died, there was a point when I was angry at my friends, and my friends had done nothing wrong. But I remember when I was weak in faith, I told my friends, please pray for me. Please pray for my dad. So that if you had prayed hard enough, <laughs> I was so angry at my friends. But not praying hard enough. So my head was thinking to myself, and I know that was probably a selfish thing to be thinking about at that point. And that's okay. Thank I was you. thinking, just because where you have both of them, you refuse to take my prayer seriously. You didn't pray the way I told you. I told you to beg God. Did you guys beg? We didn't beg God. So, but, you know, anger is also one of those things. I was reading something that sometimes anger looks like sarcasm and frequent jokes on the situation of loss. And that hit home because I'm one of those people who crack those jokes a lot. If you know me and you're my friend, I'm constantly cracking jokes and making sarcastic comments about the situation surrounding, say, the death I've experienced or something like that. But when I read that thing, deep down I realized that actually you're just you're covering up for the fact that you're angry you're still angry and you say a lot of these sarcastic things but they're not really funny to you you're saying them because it i don't even know yeah it hurts and you're trying to make it seem a type of way there is bargaining so when you come from a place where you're now you're not now angry now you're telling god please like you know you're holding on like at least, almost between hope and no hope yeah like god, at least, you know bargaining can look like if you heal my father I'll do this. Yeah. If you do this, I'll do this. God, if you do this for me. Bargaining can even look like acts of kindness. You can do something for your dad. Like, mm-hmm. you're doing, maybe you see a kid on the street, maybe you give them money because you're hoping God will look at that yeah. and give your father life, yeah. you know? Or you, you want to maybe answer someone rudely, but you decide not to because... Yeah, because... Or yeah. if God takes it out of my... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. before you've lost a person, bargaining can look like that. 
after you've lost it can look a lot like what could I have done I could have done this if only I had done this if only I had done this if only I had a lot of those things come at that point you're really bargaining with yourself you're bargaining with God you're guilty of bargaining then you get angry again so like I said it's not like you go through them I'm done with denial I've stepped into anger no like they can all happen at once yeah. you can have two of them can happen at the same time you can yeah. come from one that's stronger to one that's a different kind then you move to depression depression usually is where you feel like you have a feeling of helplessness like yeah. it now sinks in that there's nothing you can do this person is going to go or this person has gone so you start stuff some people they have suicidal thoughts at this point they want to take their lives some people are asking now what what's the point of living some are drinking some time some want to isolate yeah now like Ebisa wanted to just take her time and for me that's made sense like I was just in a state of I don't care about anything anymore I remember that's when I just decided to watch a YouTube video the big chop cut my hair it just did nothing you cut your own hair
you realize that if you take away some if you refuse to do some of the things that you wanted to do in the future you might regret yes. so you look at it is it really worth it so if it's not you draw back and i'd also like to think acceptance i think all these stages are things that happen but Particular, I think it's momentary. Like it's so like think also every single member. I think acceptance could accepting. also be something like when you say your really good days. I think that can also be a form of acceptance. On your good days. On your good days, where you have to get out of bed. You're happy. That. You're literally living life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it should be. You can be relax it. from every stage. But any yeah. stage, yeah, I'd like to say that, and at any point, you can come from deni- You can wake up one day and you're in denial. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the person has passed on for many years. Recently, I woke up in denial personally. I think. And I know my mother has been dead for like about eight years now, but it it just shocked me again. And then one time I was having a talk with my cousins, and I said, "No, I'm a baby." And they told me, "No, you're not a baby." I was like, "Yes, I am." No, you're not a baby like us. You, your mother died. So it was, you know how kids are. So it was a little funny, but hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a second, it brought me back. I think I had also forgotten that because there's a way. It 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 shocked me. I almost said she died. Yeah. <laughs> like as if I don't know that she did. So I think. You can relapse at any stage. You can go back at any point. Yeah. And I think you know, Audrey had. I, 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 I have okay. a question for me, Yeah. Um, so, from your perspective as someone who has lost, who has had friends who have lost yeah. people, so how easy or hard has it been for you to be around these people or to be there? Be there for them. So, for me, I would like to say, for the most part, before I get to understand, okay, now this is how it is for this person, how it is for this person. So I'll go with Audrey and Ivy because those I know very well. For the first part, it's usually confusion. I'm very confused. I'm like, uh-huh. So what to do? What to do? I don't understand the situation. I don't think people are very different. That way, Audrey, yeah. Audrey and Ivy, they're both emotional, but very different capacities of emotions, mm. yeah? So I'm just like, one like how do they feel so i was really very confused at the very beginning yeah but um i guess it also really helps what you read what you write and how you relate emotionally with people already because i had reached a stage thankfully maybe for form three not really for ivy but i'd reached a stage where i had started to accept that let people feel what they feel yeah so for the most part when it came to when ivy used to tell me i don't have faith in god i never ever said things like you pray. I didn't expect her to pray. So even if she didn't go to church the whole year, the whole month, if you mm. want to not pray, you don't pray. You backslide. Yes, like you. I'm just like you're not God. I mean, I understand that you're human. You're not God, mm. and I also understand that you cannot possibly be in a space where you need to pray. Yeah. Patty, do you want to go to the bar? I will go with you. So sometimes I would go. Do you want? I would be there. And I'm just like, if it doesn't reach a point where a person is maybe the self harm is too excessive. Because now there you have to maybe watch them and be with them. That is good. But I won't say it's, I was perfect throughout or I'm perfect throughout. I just tried. If you can be there for your friends, do be there. In minus words, be there physically. Because I also know I wasn't there for something that was very important for Ivy. And I say it all the time. Mm. Because I wasn't there for Ivy's important moment. That was memorial service for her dad. I made sure that... Last requiem. Yes. I now make sure that when it comes to my friends... When when there is something that needs me there physically when it comes to death, if I can be there. In fact, not even if. I will try and make sure it's there because those small things really mean a lot. it's important, It's very, very, very important. And you just get to realize that, oh, you get so much closer. So for Audrey's dad, I made sure I was there because it was near, was there. Mm. And maybe for Audrey we would reach stages where she's just like you know what i don't 
um, Rudrit said as well, she's like, I don't feel like, you know, this is, I don't, I can't feel your presence. So you make sure you appear. So do the things that are important for your friends. For Ibisa, I called, and I remember, if I just, in my head, I'm just thinking, if I'd lost someone, for a person like Ibisa, she will say, she will probably be very, put on a face of, I'm strong. I can I don't know why it. people thought because, that. Because that is, right, because that's the first, even when I was talking to you, yeah, that tone was, but a lot so, of the time you know people yeah. take that for you being strong and sometimes that is why people are not there I've come to realize that sometimes when people hear you speak hi, I don't know I think I don't know when people pick the call they expect to find what I don't know what people expect yeah, because yeah. then when they pick and hear you saying hello I'm Just, fine or you crack a joke they don't understand that you could yeah, actually be hurting so really, much really bad. so then they can be like ah she's okay and they lax a bit in how maybe they'll be there for you, I guess versus someone who they called and they're waiting, <laughs> then they'll probably feel that sense of urgency. So yeah. I think that's why it was important for us to actually list these grief stages that people yeah. are just because you picked up and maybe a bit said, I'm not saying for you, eh? No, it's okay, I'm just okay. saying, just in case someone picks and a bit says, I'm okay, how are you? Like, it's kind of programmed for her to say, I'm okay. <laughs> like, yeah. You know how you can be sick and ask, Hi, I'm fine, but yeah. you're sick. Yeah. So but then also it could be that because at that particular point want. that's what I need because yeah. at yes. that time that you called I was you know people come and then they are wailing and yes. you know for you okay because I think people are wondering eh, is she what's up she's not mm. crying yeah. because it, it was weird yeah. and for me what Mabel told me at that point was what was I what you needed because she, she first called me and told me I'm not going to tell you be strong and what feel whatever you have to feel mm. then after that she goes on ahead and says by the way I have a job for you I'm tired of Ugandan men. <laughs> <laughs> and like also because that, that's why I wanted to hear. Sorry. I think because I've also been honestly because I've been around people it's who have yeah, because now because I understand like, when I hear or Audrey speak or Ivy speak or Abisa speak, I take those small, small things into consideration and somehow use it. Now for yeah. Abisa I knew any talk on men, romance, love. <laughs> that is it for her. So you know your friends and see what like what gets yeah. them so that I don't know, you just make it a little bit better for them, it will not but go it's away. Important yeah. to be there for your friends. You guys that one are there yeah. uh, just to know because it's different and just to give people a better picture of how to be there for people or yes. what's important. Yeah. Is this important for you? Is it just where at what point do you feel your friends? Showed up or turned up. Showed up or really what there or what what gestures like did they you know go out and do like maybe bury or be there at the service or this or that where at what point do you feel like and this is not to say that those who didn't do those things were not there. They're not there. This is just yeah. to say that it somehow sometimes this yeah. is what means means this alo- means and that is much. how you find that relations between people sometimes get shift defined. and the dynamics yes, yes, get defined true so at where, where do you feel like this before i really at, when my friend maybe called me on phone i mean when i saw so and so at maybe the burial like for me when i saw my friends at the church and yeah. at the burial ground of my dad or when they prayed that for me, was prayed so me. Yeah. so Significant. But that yeah. does not mean that, of course, those who, those did who didn't up, do that. Yeah. At that time, I was having issues with a few friends. <laughs> like, we were not getting along. I did not expect to see those friends turn up, but they were there. Yeah. And for some reason, I hold a very soft spot for those guys, like, so much in my heart. Like, we're not close now because 
the issues we had, I guess, kind of shifted how we relate. You relate. But also time and distance and everything. But I have a special, like, you remember them for being there. So because being they were there. there. Like, yeah. even though we were not even on good terms. So for you guys, where do you feel I, this, this is people were there? Yeah. I felt comforted. Personally, I felt my friend's presence at, when I was organizing for the that the, the, the vigil. Yeah, the vigil. The vigil. Because at that moment, I was alone. Mm. It was fresh. And everyone was calling me with this. Like, the moment I received... I mean, my uncle told me my dad had passed away. At that moment, I stopped being a child. Yeah. I stopped, like, that was the last time I was ever a child. Mm. So... My friends coming in made me realize that there are people not who alone. I'm not alone. There are mm. people who know I can't do this. So for me, my friends coming to clean chairs, do yeah. what you know. All yeah. my friends who came out that time, now I made juice. I didn't even know. Yeah, I don't even know how we had juice. <laughs> yeah. but you didn't know at that moment. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like, and I remember that. Shout out never seen that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so all my friends who came that day, then my my boyfriend was very very sick. Yeah time yeah he was very very sick and i didn't expect him to be there to be there then we weren't dating then he was just my good friend mm-hmm. and he came with from the hospital he left that drip and he came yeah so that meant a lot to me then all my friends who came through for the funeral stuff because it was so abrupt he died yeah. today the next yeah, day funeral was, yeah. then buried the other day so my friends who came home for mass for the vigil then my friends who were there at church, at church yeah. and then I have a few friends who came and buried with me. Yeah. I have friends who slept over. So for me, that meant the a most lot. to me. Yeah. And even after, my friends who sort of came to check on me, like yeah. someone calls you, maybe calls you, or Ivy calls you, yeah. or, you know, things like that. That meant, for me, people trying to be there in your life in whatever yeah. way meant so much. Yeah. 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 And I believe in phone calls. You yeah. asked about phone calls and texting. I'm a phone call person. Yeah, I call yeah. people. Actually, people get shocked. There, there really is a huge yeah. difference between a text and a phone call. It's yeah. there in the. I feel like a text efforts. is an obligation. A text is an obligation. Yeah. It's something you can do when you're absent minded. You can literally be talking to someone. Yeah, let me just send this real quick. Yeah. And then move. But a a phone call, call is different. It's if you actually load airtime or take the moment to take some part of your airtime, dial someone's number and speak to them. That is a very intentional yeah. move. Much more intentional than. And I'm not. This is not to say that of course those people are wrong. Text. I'm not invalidating text in any way. I'm yeah. just saying it builds that that there is. You feel more connected to the person. The degree of effort. Yeah. Varies. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. A bit any other thing? Um, for me, I think because of the whole situation, like I'm so understanding. People, yeah. would, there are people who text me even after today. Yeah. People text me and they're like, I'm sorry, I've not been, yeah. I've not been able there, to come. Yeah. But I understand. Like yeah. it was a tough time for everyone. everyone. Yeah. But people who called my class, um, because people couldn't be there as people sent in financial contributions. Mm. Even from like the time my dad was in hospital, I had friends coming. Um, to see my dad in the hospital, yeah. those who knew, it was like that's amazing. It was just that, like you said, phone calls are very like you see how Mabel calls and she maybe cracks a joke. Yeah. P- p- friends who are calling and praying with me yeah. because they knew what I was going through. Yes. yes, and then later on, people who follow up and then they like yeah. me. Check on. I remember there's a time that day that I was in the room the whole day yeah. I was crying the whole day that windows were closed everything I was just in a dark yeah. place 
And at around seven, I decided to get out. That's when I decided to get out. And a friend called me. She had not called me the whole time. Okay, you know, yeah. some people fear. They're like, oh my god. So she called me, and immediately she was, I'm like, like it's you're not the one who co- told yourself to call. Like some, like Something, it was God yeah, who told you because yeah. I was, I was really. You needed that. Yeah. I needed that call. So, yeah. Whatever you yeah, can do, guys. Those Whatever you can yeah, do. Yeah. Check up on your there. friend. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, yeah. <laughs> you, you want you want to ask? I wasn't going to the next question, which I have even forgotten. So. I want to ask. <laughs> okay, how how um put the grief aside, but how has losing your dad or both your parents affected you or your relationships with other people? Yeah. Like how has it formed how you see things now, how you do things now? Because how has I it affected loss you? Because loss people. does yeah. affect so how somebody. Has it made you more appreciative of life? Has it done? As in what, what, has what, it, what is it? What has yeah. come of that? And also, what has it taught you? What has what has occurred? Say after that has taught you something, or what have you learned through this? Yeah, I don't even know if you can say what have you learned, but the truth is, in every situation, you can learn. <laughs> we try that to is a thing. Or what are you doing differently? You might not learn know. necessarily. Some be like, oh, this was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not what I mean. I mean, it can show you something. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know if this is answering question, but yeah, I think first of all, my family is very close now. I think we yeah. appreciate yeah. um each the other. importance of family and each other more. Like we are really mm. close right now because we for us family is very important and family is generally important for everyone but it's really important especially because we knew that something my dad valued a yeah. lot and then on the flip side of things um this is random but it really opened me to how broken our health system is in this country mm. it's sort of like it's one of the things that it like drove me and propelled me to like as in re-strategize because yeah health insurance you know there's a statistic that says many people are many people are um of sickness away from falling into poverty from sure that's true it's the roads leading to the hospital all right never never letting that go or anyone listening but it's okay yeah the roads leading to the hospitals the remuneration of the doctors like i saw things that I was hearing about, but now yeah, I'm experiencing it. Experiencing it's, 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 the system is messed up. So there's so much that it opened me to. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Audrey? Um, well, for me, I, a whole bunch of things. First of all, I learned that I realized that being a firstborn, it, it's not just those memes you see. It's, <laughs> it's real life and <laughs> anything yes, can happen yeah. and you have to step up. Yeah. Yeah. I realized that then I started to appreciate my friendships more. You know, the people who are there for me constantly. Whenever I call Vanessa and the tone in my voice has changed. Yeah, she's going to walk home. She's going to walk home. She's going to, you know, I'm going to call Mabel. I'm going to, I started to appreciate, like I called Ivy that sometimes I wouldn't understand what I'm going through. So I'll call Ivy, you know, things like that. So I, I started to appreciate my friends more. I started to see about my friends because some, some people would say things and you're like, what, how, you know? So I, so that, yeah, it's okay. 
So yeah, so I started to know my friends better, appreciate the friendships I have, hold my friends closer and treat them better. Yeah. Then another thing I I learned painfully was that life goes on. Mm. For me, I'd lost a pivot yeah. in my life. Like my life like my friend, my my parents, yeah. my everything. Okay. But well that was me i was that was my world at that yeah. moment other people had work sure they had families they had, they had gatherings they had now at that time my friends were doing mm-hmm. intern and couldn't be there yeah. so i had to sort of be sensitive to the fact that yeah. other people's also, lives have to really, continue yeah. and I had to make my peace with that because for me i felt like how can how you can move on with like yeah how can yeah. you be like this how can you yeah. do this people would be like i'm so busy i'm sorry one like I of course at that point I felt like they were being selfish, selfish yeah. but with time I realized that life life goes on like people. the world does not revolve around you or do you need to understand mm. that and that was a very huge lesson for me particularly because my dad was my everything I f- I felt like every he should be the same to yeah. everyone yeah you get, yeah mm. so I also realized that then I learned to appreciate and live in the moment yeah. Like that is something I had to do. I had to, uh, because they will go, they will go, and even when people leave, what you have are the memories you have. The, so I live in the moment. I enjoy my friends. I enjoy babies. I enjoy love. I enjoy friendship. Enjoy I enjoy what you laughter. Have at the yeah, yeah, because it goes. I have lost. I have lost yeah, so much. Yeah, enough to know that you have to hold on have. to what you can hold yeah. on to. Yeah. yeah. Then. I also, I think, I had to replan my life. I had to, I had to get my life together. Because for a period of time, I was drinking. I just, I hate people who find it hard to believe. I hate the taste of alcohol. Mm. But that feeling of I don't feel anything, that is what I would go for. Mm. So I'm not the kind of person you're going to casually. At that time, I couldn't casually drink. I would go like you know that kunwa kufa. That was fair. I hated the taste, I hated the smell, but I knew at the end of the day I'm not going to feel anything. Yeah. And so I went that through that. I went yeah. through that. I went through that. And then I, I hated myself. So I realized it was just getting worse. Yeah. yeah. It was just getting worse. So yeah, I had to find other ways of coping. I got clinical I was actually diagnosed with clinical depression afterwards. So I knew I had to take care of myself and I had to be to I had to be there for my siblings. I'm not going to be there for yeah. them when I'm drunk, when I'm failed because yeah. I failed. My goodness, I couldn't go to class. The ability to wake up in the morning. You guys, and you do not, you do not know what it means. I know people slip through their alarms and getting up in the morning, knowing you're going to do something today, that is a gift. Like it is a gift yeah. because Waking there's a time when purpose. I didn't have it, and Waking and that is purpose. when I appreciated that every day when you wake up, wake up. Yeah. you you have to thank God that you've been able to wake up, and every time you go to do your things. Because for me, I didn't want. I'd wake up and the curtains are closed. I don't even want to go to class. I don't. It's not. Um, I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep. I just want to stare, and like be in the world. Right. Yeah. Really so, mm. yeah. There's also that you you have to learn to take responsibility. You learn that parents are our safety net, and everyone should know that. Yeah. There is a hole, and there is your parents, and there is you. <laughs> and you need to do everything. Yeah. And you need to know that you have to do everything, so that by the time the safety net goes away you can, you can fly stand. you can stand you can fly mm. and for me it was pulled out from under my feet i knew how to because for a while i'd been an adult in the home yeah. 
but now it was different. The dynamics had changed. I had to take care of my siblings. I had to know we're going to feed. How we're going Budget. to do this? Yeah. I have to know my career. My you know all those yes. things. Career is expensive. So like yeah, I had to replan yeah, my God. life around that and be more responsible. Yeah. And one piece of advice I'll give is that's something you need to start doing now. You yeah. don't, you don't like, want don't to do it at that point, at where, that point where you yeah. it's yeah. possible for you to go. I'm thankful I have a good a great family, a great family. and support yeah. system, friends, family. But some people don't have don't that. Have and that. I appreciate that. And if I didn't have that, where would I be now? Yeah. What what would I be doing now? Would I have dropped out? Would I have I so I had to learn to be innovative. I had to think. To plan I had ahead. To, to plan ahead. Yeah. Like yeah. So those are some of the lessons I had to learn. I didn't yes. have any lessons. <coughs> For me, I guess as well. I I resonate. I resonate with both. I resonate with Audrey and learn with being a firstborn and waking up to so many responsibilities. Yeah. You didn't. Parents really are a safety net. You know, yeah. you look at parents. Up to now, I think it's just one of those things. Sometimes you look at things you have to do. That maybe sometimes other people don't have to do it. Like, like you know, yeah. like oh my god, the burden of being a firstborn, the burden of being an orphan. Yeah, the burden of being a parent. So I guess for me, on maybe the positive side, I don't know if death comes with positive, but on that side, flip side, I think it would be responsibility because yeah. now having to be responsible for not just you guys actually raising siblings is hard. Mm. You want to raise them in a way that you won't damage them. You know that you want they won't have to sit in a therapist's place because of you. you yes. But you also want sometimes you kind of see things like my sister who is like fourteen now, yeah, fifteen. You tell them to sometimes something and she doesn't understand that you know better. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to get and her to see never, this. You know, and we never like but when you're younger, you don't see you don't, it. You take it for granted. People hate you. Exactly. You don't have to counter it in a negative way that will affect them later. So I, re- I think actually brought me appreciation for parents. But also having to and balance being both a parent and, and a then a sibling. You also you want, want to be to a love sibling. The, you want to love you. You're you know what? You have exactly. to be responsible. You have to be that authority. Yeah. And yet you also have your life. Ah, sometimes I'll be like, but I also want to live my life. Like sometimes I'll be cold home. You have to do this. I want to think to myself, for God's sake, I just want to be a normal yeah. campus student who doesn't have to think of this. Why yeah. can't I have that? Yeah, I have <laughs> Sometimes you want to tell them, why can't I have that? Yeah. But, you know, that's some. So I guess being responsible, yeah. taking my life much more seriously. I'd like to honestly think, because my mom pampered me a lot, and I depended on my mother with every bone in my body, that I think I would not be as maybe determined or focused in my life actually even for a while after she passed i lost the focus and the drive and the ambition and the zeal because she was the you know she was was doing it for me and she was pushing me so now when it wasn't i was like yeah if she's not there now i might as well just leave you know just who am i doing it for so you learn to do it for you for also other people but for you on the negative end me i'd like to say i got my i've always had anxiety but my anxiety Peaked. It peaks in seasons of like now we're hitting October. Just the other day, I was thinking now I'm just about to spend the next three months not sleeping because I lost my mom around December, actually December 29th. So every time we reach October, I, I don't sleep. I'm afraid of phone calls when anyone gets sick. And okay, well, afraid of phone calls and when anyone gets sick is general. If I hear any member of my family is sick, I start to just cry, I start to shake, I start to pray. I have this habit now of checking up on the people in my house if they are breathing. I walk to my grandmother's room, and sometimes, two days ago, she was like, "What is that? <laughs> what are you doing?" I'm like, I just had to be sure you're breathing. I walk to everyone's room, 
like we got so tightly knit as a family as well if i fight with anyone in my home even when it's not my fault and i know i should not be done apologizing mm. life is too short for me to for still be fighting yeah. with you mm. i can't so i will take I'll take I'll swallow the pill. You might be the one in the room, but I'll apologize that we get to a good place because I don't know if you'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. So my my anxiety it really affected my anxiety. Actually it's it's so hard. Like it's something I really now struggle, struggle, struggle with. Yeah, so I'd like to say on the negative end that's it. But on the positive end, responsibility really was an appreciation for life and for family and for people, I guess. Okay, so I, I just wanted to add yeah. something. It just because I I was now learning from a friend's perspective because I realized what type of friend I was for people who are in such times because yeah. I wanted to just be now I know that just be there for the person mm. don't try to solve the entire crisis the, yeah. in one night right mm. just be there for the person here for them and then also hearing people talk about my dad was also something that comforted yeah. me yeah. a lot hearing random people that I don't even know about people he had helped or done some impacted was comforting so i it, it, it brought questions like what type of sort of not Person like a lot of pressure but what type of yourself? legacy what yeah. what have you done yeah. or you what will your friends do? or your close circle remember you for yeah. so yeah. i think that's it okay i think we shall wrap up with you know things what are the phases the phrases you did not like to hear that people used to say mm. when you lost someone like and we use it a lot at you know for friends and for and people who have not yet lost but may you know be faced with that situation you may have to check yourself mm. when but you find yourself saying this thing say a lot out yeah, of a good yeah. Case, but yeah and it's usually funny enough okay maybe even people are age but usually it's that it's the parents it's the parents that all the things people, people that i really hear say. yeah but yeah. it's people in general yeah. so yeah what are some of the phrases there is that what is it oh you are not the first and neither will you be the last mm-hmm. it is yeah you know even if you say it in the sweetest but that's tone, one yeah? i don't even that know how someone sweet. says that one is not like, sweet no, it's yeah. like you're invalidating my pain it's like you're telling me move get on. over it because yes. yeah move on someone you're not the first true. yeah, yeah that's true so do something like, like that I'm but that is my pain true. at that moment but mm. and what i'm saying is mm. this phrase is even if you use the, it in the sweetest tone yeah. i don't know why how it will come like there is no other way there's no way it can come out yeah i don't even know how people use yeah if you've been telling people they're not the first please that is very invalidating. <laughs> like in yeah. no way they are the first for themselves. Yeah, for them it's the first. And even if it's not the first, it's still this case. And yeah. it's unique in its own way. Mm. The mm-hmm. first statement you tell someone and you say, Oh, I also lost my dad. You'll get over it. Yeah. Mm. Like, you'll like be fine. Don't my relationship with him he is different from, from your relationship. Yeah. Maybe the same he may be a, he, he 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 would have you know he, you probably had the same relationship with your dad but it's different they because different. for me this is my dad he's the only one i had so yeah. it's special yeah. so just being sensitive is yeah. very important yeah for me i want to really highlight people who say be strong mm-hmm. i know things like be strong the lord gives and takes oh. it was the lord's will God doesn't give um, to people what they cannot handle. These are things people say a lot thinking they are comforting. Mm. In no way are you comforting somebody telling them the Lord gave them what they could handle because chances are for you, Mm. this is not something you've experienced and it's like you're trying to say, eh, for me, I know God knew I could not handle it so he didn't give me, he gave it to you. Why me? 
and that mm. is not something someone wants to hear that yeah. moment that for them they're not the Lord chose to suffer yeah. it's like you're basically saying that Lord picked you for the suffering no so things like be strong sometimes it's I, I think at that moment you, you're saying it maybe so that the person doesn't cry but that, that is what they should be doing they should be crying, they should be crying. and mm. when you tell someone be strong be strong for your sisters be strong for your parents at that moment they'll stop crying they'll start to feel like their crying is not so valid because there's people they have to yeah, be there for what you've done is you've stopped, what you've done is you've stopped their process yeah. they are going to do things that are going to keep stopping them they're going to continue to try to be strong be strong can look like drinking so that you don't have to cry be strong can look like overworking yourself yeah. be strong can look like distracting yourself with harmful maybe ways or over compulsive ways to avoid breaking down so when you tell somebody be strong in the long run you're stopping their process but also be strong can be so negatively impacting that when a person loses say a friend or whatever or anyone in their circle loses a person like let me say i lost you lost both your parents so you know be strong what and you've not really gone through those emotions if 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 at any one point i lost my parents it will never affect you in any way. Yeah. Like, you would not have because in your life, yeah. like if me, I could be strong. Yeah, this you can also be okay. strong. Like, yeah. So, so be yeah. strong is a statement people use a lot. Like mm. you know, be strong, take heart. No, let the person cry. In my opinion, I'd like to think, just let them know that yeah. you're there for them. Yeah, tell them I am here. And for like you. to think that is enough. Yeah. Because there's not so much you can you can't yeah. start to tell them you know. <laughs> there's not much you can do to bring back the person which is what they want at that what moment at that so just moment. let them know in action or word or words yeah you know tell them maybe i am sorry it's more of empathy than sympathy yeah. right yeah and also when it's fresh refrain from telling stories yeah. i remember i remember because it is it, it's like it's like you're taking the scar off a healing wound. Yeah. At that time, later on, that is actually something you people need. To, yeah. They need to know that, you know, they leave their parents left a, a, a legacy. They mm. lived a life. They, like, it's like you know, the stories keep them alive. Yeah. But in the moment, yeah. a month or two or a week, like first keep yeah. Try not to tell stories. Let just be there. For them, try not to tell yeah. stories that could trigger memories. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, it could also yeah. be in form of like, don't tell them how your your mom or your dad or anyone really bought you a new car or something. Yeah. And, and yes, then you know they for have, my parents. Yeah, uh-huh. like we get okay. you appreciate your well, parents. So and so just yeah. lost theirs yesterday. So watch for some of these things, guys. Yeah. Lastly, um, please do share how people should cope in one or two words. How do you think? If someone out there is struggling with these things and maybe they've identified okay they're at this point in their grief, how can they how or whichever point it is or they have been able to relate with something here and they are clutching at a straw looking for how to deal with this, what how would you advise them on how to cope? The first thing I'd say is cry. Yeah. Stop holding it in. You need to cry. You need to feel the pain to understand it in order to move on from mm. it. Yeah. Cry after crying just be there for yourself take care of yourself shower yeah. eat because i know if you're not if you're not crying it means you're not eating it means you're, you're not being around yeah be around people be around things that make you happy do things that make you happy not that will make daddy happy or that will make mommy happy or my sister that will make do you make you happy in order to yeah. do bad for us yeah for yeah. another person you can't share from an empty we are from place. an empty yeah. that's true 
um, from like from my for yeah, you what, or from your like for you what worked for you or what do you think or work, what is working what, what is working for you or what what would you like to share on how to cope I think writing has helped me a lot because like I said sometimes it's um, sometimes it's hard to to pray or even say something or even you feel you, you don't want to talk to people yeah. so writing is very helpful um, I've also realized because of the whole pandemic taking walks by listening to music helped a lot like I just take music. walks around the neighborhood and listening to music just like soothes me yeah. and it just yes um, yeah You've that's been your statuses <laughs> and your music tests yeah, for me I also think it was um going to say walks oh my god i've not even walked in like, in a, like forever <laughs> no i don't know why walks were still in my mind i was trying to picture a piece of walking anyway <laughs> um i think cry it's important for you to cry it's important to, for you to let yourself feel what you are feeling for me i think what has also worked a lot is writing bambi my notes up she's just another therapist out here <laughs> yeah yeah so writing a lot writing poems a lot about how Sometimes they're not even directly connected to loss, although a lot of the time they are, but sometimes they're not connected to loss, they just are a bit dark, I think. I write a lot, like, so that would help me with everything, but also I collected as many pictures as, and I would like to tell people, take as many pictures, create as yeah. many memories take as you can pictures. with your people. That's because true. my phone has a whole um, album, I n- labeled it Memory Lane, and it just has a big collection of pictures of my mother and my father from when they were much younger to when they were older to and there was a phase where i didn't have a phone to take pictures so every time i think myself i wish i had a phone in this time i'd have captured these pictures or these these moments so yeah i post a lot i guess about my family post so 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 much about my mom so 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 much about my dad and for me i guess that's what helps because it keeps them here with me when i see their face then i don't have to easily for like i don't forget it so and it also feels like you're letting you keep you're keeping their memory alive their memory alive minds. yes like they're living yeah. on okay so yeah. that really helps also don't do anything that's dangerous anything that you don't don't drink don't smoke don't because after that you you may feel worse or you may damage yourself or if you have or a person to that's someone doing that yeah. if you have the strength to you. pray that's why i'm putting yeah. if if you have the strength yeah. to pray yeah. pray, pray. pray. It's hard, but yeah. it's hard. I, that's why I'm, 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 I, mm. I know because I'm from this yeah. particular point. Yeah. So if you can write your prayers, right? If you have friends who you can call and pray with, please yeah. do that. It's but also, prayer comes in many forms. It yeah. doesn't have to be, oh Lord Father, oh, mm. it could yeah. just be. Talk to you him. Give me another talk. day. Talk yeah, just you. give me another day. Or allow me wake up today. Just like talk. God, all I want to do is eat one fork of spoon. Yeah. One, one fork of spoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, no, yeah. Like, eat food yeah. or something. Yeah, so anyway, I'll wrap up with saying know. usually we're very good at telling people to move on. And having heard from a therapist that lost, uh, they lost their father, they lost their their so lost the dad, two days lost the, the husband, then again lost a son a son oh. not a not a son it was another person so three like two like in spaces of two yeah. to two days that year i think it was 2014 or 2016 for yeah. her that was her year and she goes often we're very good at telling people oh move on mm. but when a person when a person yeah you've grieved too long hey, hey, hey. like move on move on very quickly like but when a person wins a car or gets 
aggregate for the people to celebrate the aggregate for mm, at okay. like yeah. to date you you're standing for a post minister or whatever and they're looking for your results mm. to just make sure that you know or a person mm. thinks oh i've been in this job but like, i mean you guys remember my credentials yeah. like people are very good at giving so, speeches and starting with irrelevant positive things which is still okay so let people like moving on or for her she says when process. she looks at her son mm. every day she remembers her husband and it's okay for you to look at your son every day and, and remember, remember your husband, husband. Yeah. for the rest of your life till when you go to the grave yeah. so when a person talks about their mom their dad their grieving Don't process every day You're over, over. it is okay for them to remember it every day the mm. same way you're celebrating your fall every day eh, every day yeah yeah so yeah that's basically what it is Thank you so much you guys. For this sure. was really not easy for yeah. you guys. You guys we've drunk water to Gamazemo. We've cleaned tissues around here. But thank you for crying thank with Thank you us. for sharing. Yeah. I hope this was also a bit healing for you guys. I hope this is part of your journey. I hope it helps each of us. And I hope it helps someone out there who also went through this with us yes. listening. You know, and I don't know how person. it is for males in their circles, mm. but I hope the same way we can do it as female and as yeah, as I don't know. So I'll tell you that yeah. be there for your boys. Be yeah. there for him. You don't have to say be anything. Just be there. Okay. Just sit and you have no idea. I realize uh, just sit there. The most there important thing is to mm-hmm. let your person know. Yeah. I'm that there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for guys. Guys won't cry. Yeah. But just seeing your be boy there. there. Yeah. It matters That's a lot. It matters I remember so my brother, he was very strong. He didn't cry when he had the news. And then my sister noticed that this something is not right and then she told him you know what godana he's gone but just accept i've said his name okay, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> just just accept yeah. that he's gone and he's happy with you and happy with he's just comforting yeah him. yeah and he started breaking down yeah yeah so i think for yeah, yeah. Again, for my brother at the funeral he did cry up yeah. to the point he saw his schoolmates bring a red so it's so important be, be there, there for your it's boys so be there for they need it take yeah. them for out people. disturb them play yeah. being there looks yeah. like many things you guys and yeah. don't invalidate yourself don't be like so remember I was gone it's okay for uh, if we don't yeah. remember I was represented Sometimes you are there. you yeah. and presence. you being there matters, matters. Yeah. not Mabel okay Mabel being there matters but Mabel and you being there matter mm-hmm. you matter. understand and yeah. sometimes they might matter in different ways Yeah. You never know if someone expected you more than Mabel to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. Please, you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has this has been a this has really been our longest yeah. episode. Yeah, it has really been our longest episode. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was necessary and. Yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys all. for being a part we of really, this. Really, really appreciate Audrey and everything. Yes. Ivy and yeah. please follow us on social media. Getting candid with, with Mabel, Mabel on Instagram, Instagram. Getting candid with Mabel. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. It's have a nice out. week, guys. Bye. 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 Okay. Long. This is going to be like. <laughs>